0: My name is Frederick, and you're listening to Expat Diaries. This is episode 2 of our monthly show that I might put out a bit before I'm not sure that I have to decide on that. In today's episode we're meeting Emin and Emin is a close friend of mine because, well partly because he's the first candidate I actually hired to Greece so when I started my company Emin was the first guy I placed. And I just wanted to catch up with him after a while. I know that he's very active on LinkedIn. I know that he's very active on the sales sector uh, in Denmark. And I just want to hear his thought process because I remember he had some doubts of going abroad back then. So let's just catch up with him. It's actually our first interview also being remote. I never met Andy before. And I just want to like try to work this out being on a call on two different computers in two different countries i'm actually not sure where he even is right now we're just gonna press record so guys i hope you enjoyed the show and if you have any feedback you can always email me my email is in the uh the show notes and also i have to mention that Michaela apalicelli made my artwork for this episode and the show as well and i'm really grateful for that so guys enjoy the show this is episode two of expert diaries Welcome to the show. Thank you. I actually um, was thinking earlier, let's meet for maybe 10 minutes before we press record and let's just like catch up to see what has happened. But then I realized let's just actually press record. So we've been in this call for one minute now, just explaining the tech around how this call is going to be, because we're not together. We're not sitting in the same room.
1: Nope. So I'm very excited to hear, where are you right now? I'm sitting in Copenhagen in my own flat
0: you back in Copenhagen. Yeah. You managed to go through the housing market of Copenhagen to find your own flat.
1: It was hard. It was hard. But actually, I, I lived in a small city called Svenbo back in That's the day. It. And when I came back from Greece, I moved to Copenhagen. It was really hard to find an apartment. To be honest, I lived in Sweden for three months at my father's
0: place. So not easy, wow. but we managed. Ah, I remember, actually. I remember. So just to give some context. You are Danish. Yeah. And you... Basically, I just went through my email correspondence with you, and we texted, we emailed on New Year's Eve 2019. I'm not sure yeah. if you remember. <laughs> <was> something <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember being at a very cold, cold, cold Starbucks in Bangkok, and we were talking, and, and, and you are actually, I think... Uh, extra special because you were actually the first recruit uh, i did in my own company not in like uh, as a recruiter but when i started my company you were the first guy i actually recruited and actually placed and so maybe i mean could you just yeah your name is amin by the way for the for it the is. audience so could you uh could you just introduce yourself of
1: course my name is amin i'm uh, 23 years old as frederick said i'm danish and um, i went to a uh, high school in swembo in a little town but now I live in uh, Copenhagen, and I work with sales and marketing.
0: Awesome, awesome. And, I mean, just explain, like, you wanted to go abroad back then. I remember some dynamics. I remember our conversation a little bit. You actually, you waited quite a bit, I remember. (laughs) This is also the case for the previous guy. (laughs) I'm not really (laughs) making a good advertisement for myself. But (laughs) you wanted to just go out I remember we talked about Greece. I didn't have a lot of clients back then. Also, it was like pre-COVID. We didn't really... Uh, Actually, did COVID break out at that time? I'm not really sure. I think it's just before, actually, wasn't it? It was just just before. Yeah, just maybe explain the dynamics of everything. Like, why did you want to go abroad? Did you wind up going even though COVID happened? What happened, basically? So the situation was, I think we got in contact at the end of November
1: in 2019 I was at a part of my life where I was quite bored because I finished high school in the summer of 19. And then I had six months um, just working as a salesman, outsourced, selling yeah different stuff and quite tired of that. So I wanted to try something new and always wanted to like go abroad. And then luckily, I saw some opportunities on
0: the Internet. And the first
1: guy I got in contact with
0: was you. And yeah, the rest, <laughs> the rest is history. The rest is history. The rest is history. I remember this conversation very well. And you were... Did you sort of have any preference of where to go? Or was that sort of just... You just wanted to go out?
1: Actually, I think when I first saw the advertisement online, it was for a job in Lisbon. So it was uh, Portugal in the beginning. Yeah. But like the country wasn't that important to me. The most important thing was like to try a different culture, some, something
0: different from maybe Scandinavia, Sweden, right. Norway. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Actually, I saw from that email, I gave you two offers that we had on right now. The first one I gave you was Lisbon, where I'm actually in right now, I'm sitting in an apartment in Lisbon, and the Mm. other one was Athens, and I think uh, Lisbon didn't work out for some reason. But Mm. did you have any relation to Greece before going to Greece, or was that just like from scratch?
1: Actually, just from scratch, not at all, never even been there on a vacation on anything. Mm. I asked some of my friends who's been there on vacation and asked, how is Greece? And they were like, it's just fun. But they only went to like some vacation islands and maybe partied for a week. So I didn't know the country at all.
0: I remember you were very like outgoing in the call. We talked a lot about sales, like, what's that going to be like? And I remember I prepared you for the interview around because this is, this is quite a difficult project for the company. And, but I, I realized like you had a pretty like solid sales background actually and you're like very kind and, and sales minded on the phone so can you just maybe take us through what was that process like you know maybe take us through the interview i maybe want to get like the basics off of people maybe you know thinking of going abroad when they do that interview and you know it's in, it's going to be in english right so yeah. it's 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 not something you know you i don't know how old were you back then when you went 19 you're 19 so for probably that was your first english interview uh, for a job and you were going abroad so like what kind of um did they did they ask you some questions that was maybe differing a little bit from what a danish employer would ask you was there something you had to keep in mind or something you prepared specifically for
1: I remember at the time Of course it was my first time Doing an interview in English And also my English skills Were not the best back in the day Maybe not now either But I try And I think you I understand it. me <laughs> Completely that's it. So I was really like Nervous Because as Victor said in the first episode In this podcast He was a mama's boy I remember him saying that sentence I listened to that episode before (laughs) And so was I So I was used to like My mom doing everything for me So I was very nervous about going abroad And all the practical stuff Luckily You did most of the practical stuff for me Back in the day I had to like Sent you some information about myself, and as I remember, maybe I'm wrong, you did most of the paperwork and stuff, and then I had the interview, I'm a very outgoing guy, not so nervous to talk to people, but I was having a lot of questions, and even when I searched for the job, I was very doubting, do I want to do this, maybe it will be easier to stay in Denmark, you know, the brain tells you to stay safe, but... When I had the interview with the people in Greece, they're very nice and kind and told me it's very normal to have these thoughts and it's very normal to like be nervous. But a lot of young people like myself back at the day, being 19 years old, have these feelings. But when you get there, it's very giving and it's the best choice I made for myself back then.
0: I just want to linger a little bit on the thought process of you said it might be I'm not sure which word to use. Might maybe more comfortable to stay in Denmark, um. So that little jump you did, mm. did that take some, um, like effort from you only? That you have to go to other people to consult whether this was a good idea or not. That you include your parents, your friends. Like, what sort of, what made you do it anyway? Basically, and what's the what was that sort of uh, thought process on?
1: There was actually two very deciding factors back in the day. Uh, I had three people I consulted with about this. I had you, I had my mom, and I had my dad. So my mom, very caring mother, no, no, you have to stay home, son. You cannot go. I will take care of you. You cannot do it on your own, all that stuff. Like she just wanted me to stay with her. But then I remember I went with the train. My father lives in Sweden. Okay. Okay. On that train, on my way to Sweden, I had a talk with you and expressed some of my thoughts and being a little yeah. nervous about it. And you're very that. nice of telling me that even if you take the chance to go, it's not like you're trapped anywhere. You can go home if like, you don't want to be there, but it sure. would be a very good experience to try it. And then when I got off the train, I went to my father's place. And my father encouraged me even more than you Like He said, he nearly kicked me out of the house He was like, go, you have to go and try it Because okay. when he was young He moved from Iran My ethnicity is Iranian As okay. a 20 year one old, old man Don't know how to speak English Never had a job before And wow. it really formed him as a person And that touched wow. me a lot Because it's a person I look up to a Absolutely. lot Absolutely. So yeah, after that I was like I have to go, 100%
0: just maybe go a bit more in depth in that. So basically, your mom is Danish, yeah. That's how it works, and your dad. No, is
1: actually, proud? not both of okay. them.
0: Are Iranian. Okay, got you. And you came. Like, are you born in Denmark? Yeah. Okay, and so of course they they had that sort of uh, mindset of you know, they had to move somewhere before. Um, sounds like that helped you quite a bit, didn't it? Uh, and not. The, at least your dad's side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and do you think like what what kind of advice did your dad give you? Because surely he is a guy that experienced maybe more than you, so did he sort of explain how it would benefit you, like specifically? He did. He did a lot.
1: He told me back then that I'm a nineteen year old boy, just finished high school, always lived with my mom, my dad, so it would be a very good experience for me to go out and see I can make it on my own. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm a good guy. I'm very social. I was not that nervous about that part, but a lot of the practical stuff. I never used to make food for myself. Mm. It was the first time I was having a full-time job, obviously, okay. because I was going from high school directly. But like, yeah, just to be your own man, toughen up a little bit, making you ready for the world after. Because he had Mm. a purpose with it. He knew that maybe I was going for a year and stuff. But when I come back,
0: you learn a lot of stuff. And so I did. Absolutely. And, And so you go abroad, you take the flight. Do you find yourself comfortable in this setting from the probation period? Do you meet a lot of people there that are like minded than you, or did you feel you were actually kind of had to do a little grind here of, of making yourself?
1: I was very fortunate actually. Uh, when I went there, uh, right at the airport, and then I saw, I, I have to say uh, this story. When I went, I had to like get a um, middle landing. I don't know if that's the word in English, yep. but I had to stop and It's, at it's an like airport. A transit.
0: Yeah. You got yeah, it.
1: and and I saw a girl looking at me like on the way, and we were taking the same uh, flights from Copenhagen all the way to Athens, both in the country I'm middle-aged, in I don't remember the country to be honest. And in <laughs> Athens, and then all of a sudden, I see myself standing looking at her, in the airport of Greece, at the same taxi, and <laughs> she has, uh, she is like me ethnicity-wise. She's dark-haired, so she doesn't exactly look Danish. Wow. Okay. And then. I just told her something in English, and she was like, I'm Danish as well. And all Ah. of a sudden, we were going to the same hotel and getting the same job two Ah, days after. So I was very lucky Ah. I had a partner, if you will, just a friend, from the first minute.
0: What was was that like? Did that carry on, that friendship?
1: Absolutely, I ended up living with the girl, her and another (laughs) Danish boy called uh, Simon. And... (laughs) I was really lucky with like the team I uh, arrived I think on a Saturday and we started working on a Monday We were like a team of 30 people from all around the world, Denmark, South America Like these many countries and a lot of Danish people but also people from other countries that were in the same situation as me So we were like a team coming to a place we don't know, experiencing something we've never experienced before So everybody was in the same boat
0: Got you got gotcha. you I was just gonna ask you I mean because I guess you can resemble this experience you had right here we just like I want to do this as a timeline podcast so we sort of like go through so I know that from your from your resume I still have it like you went to gymnasium in Denmark which is considered a college I guess in America yeah. so did you want to did you ever have the thought of studying abroad or you wanted to specifically work abroad or It didn't really matter. You just wanted to go abroad.
1: I wanted to go abroad. It was never a thing about studying or a thing about working. One thing, it's like factually, it's very good for your resume if you study or if you work there. But that was never the thing of me. I've always been hungry for traveling. And I was at a time in my life where I had the time on my hand to go travel. So I just wanted to go abroad. It wasn't necessarily important if it was school
0: or work, to be honest. Got you. Wow. Do you think, surely you developed some social skills here as well as uh, your sales skills because it was a specific sales project you went into. Do you think, how like, I don't want to jump in anything, but what what what's the most important skill you learned from this uh, going abroad thing? You like, is it is it the sort of you talked about some lingering in, in staying in Denmark you know, then you made the step anyway. Is it more like a courageous thing you you, you gained or is it like a skill set from the actual job or maybe a mix of the both?
1: It's actually a mix of the both and I have to correct you a little bit and I understand why you Please. could maybe forget it because it's like four years ago. Please. When I went there, I had a sales background, but the job I had there was advertised reviewment. So it was actually a job oh. that was not that specific for my skill set, <laughs> but I have a little funny story about it. <laughs> Please. I worked with the Advertised Reviewment for Facebook down there, and what it gave me was a big insight to how marketing works and what's allowed and not allowed. So just right. to like take a quick spring to when I end Please. my trip, I know we have a lot to talk about from the trip, but when I came back to Denmark, mm-hmm. I made a career of of marketing because I went to sell marketing for two years at a firm I have very close to my heart called the Words. and. Yeah, I always had the sales skills, but combined with my marketing skills, it helped me a lot in my career until now. And I know I would like to work with marketing as I learned in Greece for the first time, maybe for the rest of my life or at least for the next couple of years. So I'm very happy I learned that thing of it. The factual part of marketing as the work itself taught me a lot. And then on the other hand, of course, there was many, many things I learned as a human
0: being as well. Fantastic, fantastic. Because you're very much a marketing guy. Mm. I I see that because we are like present on LinkedIn together and you are doing a lot right now, I feel. But before we go into what you're doing right now, maybe just what what was the what was the training like in that job? Did you was it like really a grind of learning everything? Because you were in the Facebook project, I think I think we can reveal this no problem. So yeah. you were there, you were doing the marketing, you're doing the sales. But that's very like a high level so can you maybe explain like what did you actually do in that job
1: yeah Uh, what happened in the training was that we had to learn what is allowed to go online you know on everybody sees on facebook to the right side there's an advertisement for i don't know a shoe or a shirt or whatever um we had to learn what was allowed not to go online, things as nudity or violence or something and what was allowed. So we learned a lot of Facebook's rules and then we tagged the different advertisement. We were some sort of security gate. Before it went online, us people working at the project has to verify if the marketing campaign was allowed to go up or not. And that made me like really clever on how to present a product and how to talk to my clients how they should present their products because all of a sudden i was not just a good salesman but i also knew a lot of the marketing part
0: wow because i said i would say four or five candidates to this job that didn't get the job or you got the job so just explain to me your your persona around marketing and sales what is it that intrigues you so much about this field?
1: Um, I would have to say it's the people. And again, I have to maybe talk about you and uh, Victor's episode in the first place. I also You talked a lot about your business and what makes it for you is the people you talk with. Uh, I can see it especially on me because you helped me a lot back in the day and now four years later also a lot of different people have the same experience. For me as a salesman, I've always said, and a marketing person as well, I would never sell something that I wouldn't want to get myself. So the first thing I came here, my job, I had a lot of different opportunities to go to big corporations. But I went to a startup that was made for startups. So I talked with this small business owner, like it could be you, it could be me, everybody. They didn't have a lot of money and they had to spend their money very wisely. So... On the one hand, I had, of course, my own results. You always want to sell. It's always a good feeling to get a sale, a new person in the business. But I also wanted to follow them after. And I also used to call them, follow up, make a marketing strategy with them. So it's the people behind the sales I like more. It stimulates me. Of course, money and career is important. But as the same for you, it's the people that drives us. It makes you smile if you hear a success story.
0: Absolutely. Just you hearing how you had some supporters in your network that could actually notch you abroad. And I was included and those people you mentioned, like really touches me a lot because it made sense for me. It made sense for me to like press record on this episode and hear how, how that works out. I'm sure like, you know, a lot of people I talk to have these doubts like you did, if, if this is really for them, if they should do it or not. Do you could you see yourself like, let, let's like sort of do the what if if, mm-hmm. if, if you didn't like this job, if you didn't find yourself in a comfortable place in Greece, how would you see that whole thing? Because I have some friends that are like really hardcore with travels and they're like, even though if I've been to a, a country I didn't like, I, didn't, I couldn't align with their values or whatever, they still say like, I still liked it because it was an experience. Are you that kind of guy, or like how how do you see yourself if you actually went, and how would you react? How would you behave if you actually didn't like this?
1: It's a it's a tough question, I think, but I would always I always try to look at the good side of things. But I don't want to like sit here and be holy. Of course, you can be in a bad mood, and I also Shusho. had bad days. <laughs> when I was in uh, Greece, even now when I'm living in Denmark, everybody has bad days. But I always what feeds me energy has always been the people. So even though right. maybe you're in a shed place, you're in a shed company, whatever, try to look at the positive people around you. I always try to like be one of those people. I always say when right. you are in a company or a group of friends, or doesn't even matter. You have this big pile of energy in the middle. Sometimes you have to contribute to it and sometimes you have to take from it. So I try to look at a person having a good day and take some of that energy to my liking and... Try to make the best of maybe a bad situation.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. And just take us through Greece, please. Because actually, I, at my office, I work in a co-working space. I have um, a guy from the UK who has worked in Italy for a bit. He works for an Italian company, and he knows some business partners in Greece. He told mm-hmm. me, Greece is not really an easy culture to integrate to in, as an expat do you do you agree with that like how is the culture there just like for for us danes you know uh, like our our you could say uh, characteristics around our culture did you find did you have an easy time to sort of like indulge in that culture i must
1: say i actually did and i will tell you the reason why Um, and also a lot of the people I was there with had a good time as well. It really also depends on you and what you make of the situation. Of course, you have to have a positive mindset. But I catch myself sometimes here in Denmark when I go in the metro or I go in the bus. You always look for the empty seat. You want to put your airpods in and hear some music. (laughs) It's normal. Maybe after a day, you're tired. But then I saw myself in Greece. The weather was fantastic. And when I took the metro over there, And this is a true story. Like four out of five times, I always see myself sitting with a totally random guy from a totally different country. It's a very international city, Athens. There's so many people from abroad. And just sitting, having a conversation for 20 minutes. Maybe, Because of my ethnicity, I'm also from a culture, Iran, where people are very open-minded and maybe they have it bad over there compared to Greece as well. The economy is not the best. Some of the people doesn't have the best standard of living. So their happiness comes from the people around them. And I can relate to that culture, me personally, because... If you don't smile, if you don't laugh, they don't have that much. If we don't laugh and we don't smile here, we have our computers. We have a bar. We can go <laughs> on to drink yeah. in. We have it yeah. very good here. But over there, yeah. you have to be a positive person, or at least try to learn how to be more positive to okay. have a good experience. So for me, it was amazing. I enjoyed every bit of it.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Do you see some? Do you see some some sort of like resemblance? in your irani background with greece you said like uh, Iranian culture is quite outgoing uh, quite welcoming before like going into this call with you i actually googled some characteristic about greek culture and it happens to be very much the same like they're quite hospitable i would say denmark i'm not going to generalize a lot of things here but <laughs> we sort of has this sort of uh, wall that we need to break down in order to make friends across nationalities. I feel. I actually had uh, a few of my expat friends in Denmark. They say even three years down the line in Denmark, they still have some issues making friends with the Danish local people, which I think is so sad, right? Like you have to be maybe uh, going out somewhere. You have to be work, working for a certain company or whatever to, yeah. to actually really be, be aligned and actually go make friends with, with, the, with the expats. And I guess you you told me like 30 people are starting in the same company from South America, etc. Mm. like that must be so rewarding when you made that step that people are actually just on like day zero, you know, like from scratch, if you have very outgoing guys, so you must really have seen this, and what what kind of like, what kind of things would you do together is I guess my question and then like. What will you do for fun there? It was really, really amazing because we had these totally, totally
1: different cultures. But what surprised me a lot, um, the things we get happy about or maybe some of the values in having fun are the same. People want to go eat some good food. When we had fun, let me be honest, we were out at a bar, we were drinking, we were having fun, we were going to eat. I made a lot of friends in very different age groups, and maybe it's I'm lucky I'm outgoing, but I can give you a specific one. I had a guy from Colombia uh, called Carlos. He was 54 years old. Some people will call, call that old man, I don't know, I, don't, I was 19. I remember going to his place a lot, me alone, and having a beer, sitting, eating some good uh, Latina food and just experience. That's just a little story of many, many, many stories at the great time I had there. I felt so lucky because I would never here in Denmark go to a place where I see 30 people starting from scratch and from these different countries. I felt so blessed and it's really inspired me. Even when we have this talk right now, I want to go travel meet some people from different cultures
0: wow and I think your story in particular like I, I had not caught up with you for a while but we always like stayed in Charles Network but your story is something I hear a lot like you sort of linger and should I go or not and then you go you get this amazing experience when do you know when to leave as well I talked a lot about in this podcast even on two episodes like when to go but when do you decide to leave the company when do you decide to go home to Denmark maybe just take me through because I can see on your LinkedIn profile you've been in 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 for Facebook for about a year right Mm. like did what was that did you go like three months before this termination period did you go okay I want to leave on this date or did it just sort of happen like very quickly for you
1: I was very lucky because I worked for some people over there, very open-minded. And they were really good when somebody felt homesick or just wanted to go home for a vacation maybe and stuff to be open because they understand your situation. It's an international company with people from all over the world. Sometimes you need to go home. So actually for me, I knew there was always an end date to this amazing adventure. I knew I had to go back and then I was very lucky I got this opportunity to uh, work here in Denmark, again through you actually, for the same company I work with in Greece oh, really? for a different project here in Copenhagen, so it all aligned really well for me, I, th- I guess I just decided to like go back home maybe two months before I actually went back home, but that's not so important. The practical stuff will always sort itself out. It's very easy to go home if that's what you want. And I think you asked me when is the right time to go home, mm-hmm. I think it's very individual for person to person. Depends what plans mm-hmm. you have when you get back home. I would say in my experience, when I sit here today, I maybe regret a little bit I didn't stay for a little longer. I maybe felt right. at the time I had that rush. I have to like push my career, but when I look back, if I stayed one more year, not that different. If I came back,
0: like, you should be real proud of yourself for even like going abroad. I think in the first place and being there for one year and going back. And I know that you just said you moved to Copenhagen. You're you you work right now, right? Like mm. let's let's look at the post going abroad thing. You came home. You work for the same company. And you, I guess the one close to the airport the office there they have one close exactly. to the airport where how long did you wind up staying in, in that branch
1: I wound up staying at that branch for around half a year I think um, and then it. I wanted to do something new but actually when I got to that branch again via you I met some of the most important people for my career um, my boss back then He's actually the same boss I have today, just at another company. <laughs> and one of my best friends I went to Milano with
0: here oh, two wow. or
1: three months ago, he works with me still today at this other company. <sighs> so. It was, I was really lucky in my experience I had this amazing time in Greece And when I came back to this branch in Copenhagen I met some of the most important people for me Both personally, with some friends But also for my work, for my career, for my goals
0: Which brings me to, in your LinkedIn bio It says that you make a living by connecting people Translated roughly Yeah I'm very curious on that Because what is that all about?
1: That's all about... Right now, I'm working in a company where we have a lot of focus on network groups. So we put people together. For example, it could be a group of marketing specialists. So they meet every yeah, two or three months, roughly, four times in a year, and they sit and they can nerd, for example, marketing, and come up with these issues. So when I put a group together of people, it's very important for me to see, does this person match this person's goals and what does this person want to do with his career. So I like to put people together. As I told you, I want these customers to be happy after, even though it's not my company. It's They have to come to the same office and meet as I'm working in. So I would like to put people together
0: of groups that they like to work in. I hope you understand what awesome. I mean. I totally get it. It's super fascinating. I actually talked to like a career coach lately and she said career coaches are booming right now mostly because there's a trend in people switching careers like before if you chose to be okay this is an extreme example but if you were a farmer <laughs> back in the days of course like your your son is also going to be a farmer but this also like I can say you know my dad you know the, my brother works with finance so does my dad I also sort of wanted to work with finance because I did not know what to do. So I filled sort of my gap of, of educating myself in finance. I didn't wind it up in HR. But this sort of trend in switching career, I think is very healthy for society as a whole because there's this... I don't know if you heard of imposter syndrome, something I heard lately, which means the the fear of of being exposed in a company of not doing good enough or feeling that the work that you do is not you're not doing it to the fullest and you're afraid of being caught in that and you maybe make too much money of what you so, like you sort of just talk bad to yourself mm. and so i just i wanted because you are you're a very good coach i feel you're you are looking at the positive sides like you said even though it might be i'm going to use an extreme example a toxic <laughs> environment you look for the good in things so what's your advice to people that sort of maybe doesn't know what to do maybe they have the imposter syndrome of saying i'm not doing good enough in my work right now i'm not i don't know if i do the right thing do you think this is a good time to reinvent yourself even though we have recession we have inflation we have all of this going on what is your advice to in a that that in a society that could look like a disaster right now <laughs> on yeah, a lot yeah. of different levels.
1: I would say there's more than one answer to that question, but the most important thing for me to like to express people and that's just my thoughts, there will never be a perfect time. You you cannot look and find the perfect window for anything. Also, like maybe connecting that to the question you gave me earlier, when do you leave? There's not mm. a concrete answer to it. Yeah. But also when you want to reinvent yourself, there's many ways of doing it. I think a lot of us, most of us, I do, I could imagine you as well, have bad days at work. Have days where you think I'm not good enough, going to mm. sleep at night thinking, am I even going to be something? But... It's actually very healthy to think like that. It shows that yep. you're an ambitious person that wants yeah. to do better. I actually think it's more scary if you think all the time everything goes perfect. Then maybe you're not moving forward enough.
0: Wow. Wow. That's really good. That's really good I think. Do you do you sort of do you ever get like do you ever get tired of, of thinking to to do better? Like do you do you sometimes just take let's say this year, you, you do a year of just, okay, I'm in my job, I'm kind of relaxed in this job. Or do you always have to sort of look for new goals and stuff like that? Like how do you view motivation? And how do you view like uh, goals and pre-goals up to that goal? Do you, do you always want to do better or do you also actually cut yourself some slack?
1: I cut myself some slack, definitely. I work with sales. If I don't cut myself some slack, I will die after a bad week. the the mentality of like when i have a goal and i think it's a very interesting perspective to talk about what is goals and how Mm. do you define them i Mm -hmm. remember in the beginning of my career i was always like i have to get from zero to a million like this like very fast and for me that was not possible there's maybe one percent of people that gets from zero to a million in an instance lucky for them but for the most of us i think we have to look at it this way when you have a big goal set small goals partial goals Mm. because let me be honest i'm nowhere near being at my end target but i'm having a lot of fun on the journey and sometimes you don't even reach that little partial goal that you made That can be positive. Maybe you're ambitious with your goals. You don't always have to reach them. Maybe it's more healthy to put these small goals, even though it goes bad sometimes. Because if you just put small expectations for yourself, you're not getting anywhere.
0: I want to talk a bit about that because you said goals. And for sure, you talked about your goals, especially when you're in sales. Absolutely, you talk about goals with your team leader, your
1: employer.
0: Mm -hmm. How has those people been, I guess, good coaches for you? Like thinking of where you are right now, you're in a good place, I feel. Mm -hmm. How has those... What makes a good leader is my question.
1: What makes a good leader, for me, is the type of leader that leads and doesn't... um, How can you say? There's two ways to uh, be a leader in my eyes. There's a good way and a bad way. There's the leader who motivates you. He sets goals for you because I don't care who you are. It's not enough for you to know if you do good, you make a lot of money. After a week, after two weeks, that's not motivating enough. So you have to see this bigger purpose Mm. of things. And Mm. the best um, bosses I've had helped me to define what are my goals. For example, for me, when I work with sales, my goal is to earn enough money to get an apartment, instead of I just have to make a lot of sales to just have a lot of money. And I'm far away from my goals, as I said, but the type of leader who motivates you and shows you the purpose, not for his sake. Because of course it's good for a boss when his employee does well. I know he benefits from that as well. But if you show the employee that you have that this is for you, people will be more happy and more motivated. That's the biggest thing I've learned until now.
0: Fantastic. I think yeah, in my life, some, like some of my last questions for you is that do you think you ever see yourself starting your own business? Because you have like a lot of uh, willpower, I think. Do you see yourself one day like going solo, maybe yeah. even having a team? Okay, I would and love. What that. kind of setting would that be like? What kind of company would that be, and, and why would you do that? I've actually thought a lot about it, and
1: I think. I don't have all the answers yet because I have a lot to learn, but I would like to teach people. I have to say my background, I was a football coach for five years from I was 15. I saw that.
0: I was going to ask about that actually. That yeah. seems like super fun. For extra blader. Wow, a tabloid in Denmark.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it was really... I've always cherished to like teach people some of my best tricks and because the... How can I say it? When I've been giving trust from my bosses, that's the place in my life where I move forward the most. So I love giving away from the things I can do. It, first thing, it makes me better at what I do. It's like factual that if you teach some people, if you know how to teach some people, you will automatically get better at what you do. And also seeing the people on the other side get better As we talked a lot about in this episode of the podcast, it just, yeah, makes my heart very happy. So if I have to give you an example, I would love to like have a maybe sales coaching company because I'm very good at sales. Fantastic. I can be a a coach right now, but I also want to get better in that department. So one thing I can look at it in an egotistical way to make myself better, but at the same time, it benefits others. So it's a win-win.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. I think very healthy view of looking at it also you said you are sort of in this because of the people i think my podcast is sort of also a like an idea for me to break through the the noise of marketing actually because how do you differentiate your company in so much like facebook ads instagram stories uh, influencers i try to use a bit but I actually think the best marketing is just talking to people like you who actually did this, and I, I spent some time and and good amount of energy for for good reasons and for for good joy myself to convince people to go abroad because it's just like stories like you, but what if you would record that and actually put it out to the world of, you know, people sitting with these thoughts and like you're back here in Denmark and you did this and uh, you don't regret one bit of it, so. I just, I wrote some things down. I'm just kinda smashed the last questions for you. Yeah, You're yeah. back in Copenhagen. What is Copenhagen like right now? It's been a year since I've been back. It's cold. right, <laughs> 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 okay, I'm staying. I'm yeah. staying around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. No, it's a lovely city. I love it. I When I lived in Athens i got used to like living in a big capital city so the best thing that could happen for me was coming back to denmark and straight away moved to copenhagen i love the place and that's it's also very international city there's a lot of people with different ethnicities different cultures you meet some weird people you meet some nice people that yeah it's every bit of me i love it i'm staying here for a long time i
0: think how many times have you had your bike stolen yet
1: I don't own a bike here. I know from my past, I got four really? stolen when I lived in Svenborg, who's like maybe one part of a hundred compared to Copenhagen. I'm not taking <laughs> any chances.
0: <laughs> Evan, uh, maybe just give me one piece of advice for you know you were nineteen when you left. You sort of touched upon it, but the world is very globalized right now. The borders are sort of man-made, and you can go anywhere you like for a job for a study maybe like don't like instead of just saying just just do it maybe can you give some very (laughs) practical advice of some thought you should have before you do it it could be you know like thoughtful or or logical or like thinking of the stuff you've been through in your mind and you talk to your dad who is both your parents are from iran um What should you really consider before doing this step if it's right for you? Because it might not be right for you, you know? It might be right for you to to stick around the country. Why was it right for you? And why might it be right for others? And in that case, how do they figure that out? I think for me
1: why it was right. I needed to like get away from this very nice environment where I have everything sorted for me. I needed to like be my own man and be more mature. And I think the key word for traveling abroad... You get more mature, and I don't care if you're fifty years old or if you're nineteen years old. You learn something about yourself. I think you could, um, maybe, say that as well. You've been traveling as well and been at a lot of parts of the world. You just, its different when you go to another culture. You learn so much. Maybe it's not for you, but I would actually say everyone would benefit from it. Maybe you get to learn. It's not for you, but. Even you, though maybe you have a bad experience traveling abroad, I don't know anyone yet who's not learned something about themselves that they can use for the future. So without saying just do it, it I would say it benefited me a lot to be more mature and be my own man.
0: Fantastic. Mister, we hit the 43-minute mark, which made it as long as the last episode. I almost <laughs> 30 minutes, but you're a very good guy. I'm really fond of you. Even though I never met you, I really respect you a lot. And you should know that I think what you did was awesome. And it makes me, you know, really happy about my job. And it, it, it stars like you that like, keeps me going. So I think you should pat yourself on the shoulder. And I'm always happy to see you. whatever happens. And I even know that I spoke to some of your friends who also wants to go abroad. And mm. so I'm just happy you're here and you made the step. And I only wish the best for you.
1: I appreciate it a lot and you did a lot for me as well and like I would not sit here and be in the place of my career and my life right now without you so even though it was so many years ago you affected my life a lot so I appreciate it as well and I will always follow you and recommend you and I would also say that if you're ever in Copenhagen you can always call me grab a beer or something and I will text you on LinkedIn maybe if I'm in Lisbon. (laughs) Fantastic. Just tell me
0: one last thing. How much is a beer in Copenhagen right now? If you need a pint, how much will it? Ooh, uh, I mean, depends. Uh, where, where are we talking? In a supermarket or if you go to a pub? We're talking about a Carlsberg you're drinking right now. No, like a draft Carlsberg in a pub. <laughs> Around, I would say,
1: oh, fifty crowns, sixty crowns. No. How much then, euros? Yeah, that it's is expensive. Like
0: eight euros. I say you come to Lisbon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I come to this. No worries. Fantastic. Then I will
1: get the first round. <laughs> oh,
0: fantastic. <laughs> Evan, thank you so much for being on the show and I'll talk to you later. I appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>